Hey guys, welcome to part one of my three-part interview with Dr. Jack Cruz, the medical disruptor himself. In today's episode, Dr. Cruz tells us why doctors' incentives are dictating our medical outcomes, how the daily life choices we're making, such as the lights in our rooms, are hurting us, and what is really happening to our bodies when we're 30,000 feet in the air in the giant organ ovens we call airplanes. Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life, and I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Today, we are going to be chatting with Dr. Jack Cruz. He is an American neurosurgeon, biophysicist, and health educator. He has developed many protocols that he uses in his practice with his patients with much success. He is a disruptor, friends, and he's um, he's rough with a purpose. He doesn't mince his words. Uh, he really wants us to get back to nature. He's very much about decentralized medicine, decentralized everything. He's not everyone's cup of tea, but I do very much believe that we have to challenge our thinking and challenge our beliefs all the time. And his protocols of circadian biology, mitochondrial resuscitation, and so much more are things that I'm following and doing because of Dr. Allison, who if you haven't listened to her episodes, you can go back 
uh, into the summary of this episode, we'll link to it. So Dr. Allison Monette, she is uh, someone who also studies Dr. Jack Cruz's work. So I'm really excited for this conversation. It's very heady. It's very deep. And he's really trying to help us understand kind of what goes on behind the curtain because he's been behind the curtain. We haven't been. We've been in front of it technically, right, as patients. Um, so I I really had a very lengthy conversation with him. I hope at least you get to see some things that maybe you hadn't thought of. You can do your own research and follow up on all of it. Question more and uh, go deeper into your healing with all of these different thoughts about blue light and regular light and so much more. And listen, it's not for everybody. Not everybody's ready for these messages. I have been on my knees and at death's door. So I had to embrace messages that were different than what I was taught so that I could get a different result. You know, when they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and trying to get a different result, I heard that and said, okay, well, I'm terrified to go out into the sun without sunscreen, but I'm going to do it. And I've been doing it. And sometimes I'm worried that something might happen and everyone's going to think I'm an asshole and I was dumb to do it. But I think it's worth trying for me and you can make your decision for you. But I hope that this um, this is intriguing for you at the very least. Enjoy. Dr. Cruz, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you here as I would say a newer student of yours mm -hmm. through my naturopath, Dr. Allison Monette, who we've had here on the show. And uh, your work is heavily influencing my health decisions as someone who has been on a pretty wild health journey the last six years with myself, my mom, my dad. Um, between us, type 1 diabetes, my mom, stage 4 brain cancer, myself, uh, a meningioma, which being a neurosurgeon, you know all about, mm -hmm. uh, neuroendocrine tumor, type 1 diabetes myself, a few other things in there too. Um, but I've seen, I've seen results. And I remember when I saw Dr. Allison for the first time, she said, it's probably going to take like two years of you really focusing on your circadian rhythm, the light. Um, and all of these things to to get your body back on track. And I've seen things reversing that I didn't think could be reversed. Most people don't realize that um, type 1 and type 2 diabetes really truly aren't diseases. They're actually built-in circadian adaptations. Uh, I wrote a blog, I don't know, 15 years ago. I think it was called CPC number four. It's called Evolutionary Friend or Foe. And in that blog... I make the case that diabetes was an adaptation when we moved out of Africa to high latitudes so that we could make blood glucose. And, you know, when I did the big podcast with Rick Rubin and Huberman and started to tell people about how POMSI and leptin and everything comes together with melanin, people began to understand that there actually is a purpose for those diseases. And like in the modern world, now that we have huge amounts of light pollution. Um, the place on the planet that has the largest amount of type 1 diabetics, and I'm talking about new ones, is Finland. I and, read that right, in most, your book. Yeah, most people are a little bit surprised when they hear it and realize Finland is one of those long, skinny countries in Scandinavia. The higher you go up, the more type 1 diabetics you get. Why? Because the sun is not as powerful. 
They also don't have really great magnetic flux in their country like, you know, Sweden and Norway do. And then uh, obviously over to Iceland because that helps offset, you know, the risk when you understand the disease from a mitochondrial perspective. But the reason why this is important, the reason I decided to give you this answer in terms of a tangent, I don't think people with diabetes should really think about it as a disease right off the bat. I think they need to realize that they have more control of their environment than they think. There's a doctor in their head. You need to start paying attention to it. And, you know, there's always going to be big pharma solutions out there that your doctors are going to give you, whether it's functional medicine, allopathic medicine, um, or even naturopathic medicine. I think the difference is me as a decentralized clinician, I look at it like this. If you don't fix the environment that you got sick in, you're not going to get better. That is the real take home. And that idea comes from like the work of Doug Wallace. Mitochondrial DNA really is how you make the epigenetic program. It's how you make the light show inside. That light show is then what changes things in the nucleus. That's where the nuclear DNA comes in messenger RNA and tRNA, but the centralized paradigm has it all backwards. They think that it's, you know, genetic mutations that control it. Like if you went to an endocrinologist, say here at Cedar sinai um, they would try to convince you oh, that this is, you know, due to point mutations from this reason, that reason, that reason. And hereditary and, because of my dad. But that's what hereditary is. It's mm -hmm. the same thing. And the thing is, uh, if you look at the data, especially for type ones, the further you move away from the equator, the higher the incidence of type 1 diabetics. Same thing is true with type 2, but it's not as prominent as for type 1. So when you think about that, that's classically known in centralized medicine, you know, for MS. Yeah. Uh, but they don't realize that many type 1s who truly are not type 1s, they could be like LADA, which is an autoimmune version. Um, people just need to know what these diseases you always need to question the experts because it turns out the experts don't know everything. And not everything that's printed in the textbooks is accurate because let's face it, it's the science that I've been teaching people for 15 to 20 years. Most people don't even know that it got a Nobel prize in 2016. And that science has not reached the medical textbooks yet. And then there's the other big problem with centralized science that big pharma doesn't really want a lot of the solutions in the textbooks or the medical school curriculum, because if you began to listen to the doctor in your head, then you would cease being a customer. Mm -hmm. You know, customer. Everyone listen to that. You're a customer. Well, you are. It's a business. Well, of course it is. I mean, it's it's. But we're trained to not believe it's a business. We're trained to think we go to the wanna, doctor. I'm going to interrupt you here. You're not trained. I'm going to tell you something. You're in the media. You need you need to learn something very powerful. And I think you do know it because you use it probably in your career. Go read the book Propaganda by Edward Bernays. It's propaganda. And you need to understand how centralized medicine was stolen by Rockefeller, Rockefeller and, yeah. and the Flexner Report. Just remember, the curriculum for medical school was uploaded like a USB. And then what's happened since then? Yeah. It is absolutely nothing about propaganda. And the sad part is the doctors that go to like UCLA and USC. They don't even realize. No. And I didn't realize it either because the problem is no one tells you when you walk into medical school kind of how the whole system was really built. And then 
it's only the, and I don't want to say the smartest, it's going to be the wisest doctors that go through residency, medical school, they come out and they go, you know, I'm doing all the things I need to do for my patients, but they're not getting better. Some of them just say, okay, I'm still going to keep going on with recipe or algorithmic medicine. Uh, and that's the way it is. It's on the patient. You know, I'm not going to worry about it. And they never get to the point where they have to question what they were taught. And see, that's the big step. The big step for the, the, the physician is they have to embrace the suck. In other words, the suck is their patient's failures. And teleologically, every doctor needs to look at this one metric. We spend more money than any country in the world, and we get the worst return on equity. Now, I'm taking all diseases now. I'm not just talking about type 1 diabetics or people with pancreatic cancer or brain tumors. I'm talking about the whole Heart caboodle, disease, everything. Everything. So generally, when you realize your return on equity is that bad, you would think that the people that are involved in decision-making would say, why don't we ask better questions mm -hmm. than not? But I'm going to tell you what the paradigm has done as it's evolved from Edward Benet's time and, and Rockefeller's time. They took doctors who used to be independent contractors and turned them into employees. So now healthcare decision-making by proxy is being done by medical, board, well, right? medical staff bylaws, medical staffs, uh, professional guilds. Like you now have hospitalists in hospitals telling you how sepsis needs to be worked up. You now have algorithms for just about every single disease. And, and I mean, the, the best one that I can think of that will resonate with people who are going to listen to this that don't know anything about the business side of medicine, just think about the American Heart Association when you learn BLS, you know, CPR. Well, doctors have to learn ACLS and ATLS. These are trauma protocols that they use like to save princess die. Mm -hmm. Those are all algorithms. They're all steps. Why? They're trying to make it easy so you can get by, but you don't realize there's a bad side algorithms. The bad side algorithm, if you put bad information in, you have to realize that's how you capture the healthcare market. And that's exactly what's happened in medicine over the last 25 years. This began in the mid eighties. And what happened is regulatory capture of the system of medicine. It became even more centralized and helped out the profiteers. That's the healthcare administrators, the hospitals, um, and big pharma. They, they are all playing a role here. And the thing is, the doctor now is on the front line between the patient, there's no informed consent, and the doctor really is impotent to do the things they need to do, because guess what? If you step out of line now and treat, say, a type 1 diabetic by using cold thermogenesis and, and say, circadian biology, you may wind up in front of a, a medical staff bylaw meeting. You may get a suspension. Your professional guild may come after you mm -hmm. because they think you're a wackadoodle. Um, then it gets even worse than the medical boards then you're going to have some of your compatriots who think what you're doing is crazy. And here's the interesting thing about medicine that people have forgotten. 
When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but It's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. All the way back to its genesis, it's an art and a science. And we have forgotten the art of medicine. We have forgotten that the laws of nature are axiomatically true. Um, the laws of centralized medicine aren't. They need evidence. But, you know, the photoelectric effect equals MC squared is not subject to the opinion of an algorithmic medicine that's made by Google you know, and installed in everybody's ICD-9 codes or in their electronic medical record. Because guess what? That's how medicine is practiced today, right down the street at Cedars-Sinai. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, I think it's so important. And one of my big missions with this show is to teach people to be the CEO of their health. And it's because of the journey I went on with my mom 
and really trying to figure out how to keep her alive. With glioblastoma, you get six to 12 months. Mm -hmm. We got five years, and the only reason she's not here is because she got COVID and she was too weak to take the treatments. But I learned so much in that journey about hospitals and doctors, and we had wonderful doctors, but it should be a collaboration. And any successes I was having, they never wanted to follow the breadcrumbs to handle their other patients. Well, they're, so I was not always, they're not incentivized to do it. Yeah, and I was always so shocked. And I realized so much of it came down to having your own gut instinct and and knowing your patient and what's right for them and what's good for them. And, you know, we did some things that were scary, but I did them methodically. And so we went to Mexico and we optimized her immune system. To me, it made sense if your immune system is really weak and you have cancer, and now you're gonna do all these chemo and radiations, let's optimize the immune system to be able to handle the barrage of treatments. I asked them, could we do a ketogenic diet? This was eight years ago. And they laughed and they said, oh, we watch patients' families torture them all the time. They, they, they said this in California or Mexico? In California. And I was like, you guys just think she's gonna die and I shouldn't give it a shot. Well, well guess what? That's what the numbers say. Years later, those doctors were all on it, losing weight, having success. Patients were doing keto diets and losing and shrinking their brain tumors. And so I learned so much on this journey about, about healing and what is in the medical system. And so for me, one of the things I would really love for you to share with everybody is just the status of what is. I've listened and I've read so much about Rockefeller's role in all of this and how these textbooks are I mean, 50% inaccurate is very kind, as you said, maybe 5% um, accurate. I think, I think. Um, and they're funded by the Star, pharmaceuticals. Star Magazine is more accurate than some of the textbooks that we have in medical school. And that's the thing that I, for me, I think as, as people, as civilians, we need, to, we need to know what is. What are we really dealing with behind the curtain? Because I see people all the time just go to whatever doctor, say, oh my gosh, they're God, they're gonna heal me. And and they have horrible results. We have to know what they're learning isn't, is is 50% accurate at that point. And Again, it's being, being kind. and being kind and being guided and, and implemented by the pharmaceutical companies who have an interest in what they're going to get on the other side. The doctors are handcuffed. And I had a triple board certified doctor here, Dr. Zach Bush. He said, I went to medical school thinking I was going to heal people. I came out and realized I was a glorified pharmacist. And so when we understand what's really going on, then we know we can take the reins. And it's not as hard as we think. Like I, I I say so many of the things and then I'm reading your book and I'm like, oh my God, I say this, I say this. Some of it is a little bit of common sense and a little bit of your own homework too. I, I actually, um, I don't think it's common sense. I actually think it's instinct. Okay. It's amazing to me that I don't have to teach quantum mechanics to hippos and lions, but I have to teach it to silly talking monkeys that have two frontal lobes that allow them to break the laws of nature all the time. See, I, the reason I don't have to worry about hippos and lions, only the ones that humans put in captivity in the zoo, is because they're living by nature's laws. I don't think people really understand that the choices that you make daily that are circadian disruptors are that big an effect. Like when you were talking earlier about your mom, I didn't want to interrupt you, but 
you gave the credit to the doctors in Mexico and the ketogenic diet, I would tell you the most likely reason is you brought it to Mexico because of latitude. Do you know that gliomas, specifically grade four gliomas, have the lowest levels of vitamin D associated with them? Well, don't all cancers generally have low vitamin D? Not all of them, but most of them that are epithelial based, but the neuroepithelial cancers, which is what a GBM is, really is linked to that story. And the interesting thing is, um, the frustration I have is what I just told you is published in their literature, but patients who have that, who show up to other people's offices, never get told that information. In fact, most of them don't even get put on vitamin D. Um, not that I would say that's my top choice, but I think this gets to this issue, informed consent and medical freedom. It's your job as the patient to realize not only the CEO of you, but if you're not good enough for yourself, who are you good for? So you have to begin to realize that there is likely a decision in your life that you made that caused this problem. Now, my mouth isn't a bakery. You probably figured that out <laughs> by listening to tough of my podcast. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you that patients need to realize that they have a hand in their own demise. It's up to us in decentralized medicine to tell you what that is, to explain it to you cogently, and then tell you, okay, this is the differential diagnosis. This is what we think you should do. Then it's up to you to decide, okay, does this make sense to me? Um, did the explanation the doctor give to me make sense? Or when you go to a regular hospital, allopathic medicine, as soon as you walk in, they're like, we've got all your answers. Just let us take over. And it's like a la carte service. So you need to realize that I'm going to tell you in the United States, especially because of the chronic disease burden we have, some people are not capable of making those decisions. They're not going to like this message. Yeah. So you have to realize I have this idea in everybody's family and you actually um, exhibit this. You have to have a circle of six. There's 12 other eyes around you. Those eyes have to allow you to see what you're not seeing. In other words, you have to solve your own Dunning-Kruger's effect. So the people that are around you are really important. Now, Maria, there's nothing more um, dissatisfying to me to see people around you not help you properly. Like, just try to make you feel good. And I'll, I'll, the reason there's a reason I'm saying this. Family members are the biggest offenders. Why? Because they don't want to offend you. And guess what? People generally do not change their life until they get the Mike Tyson punch in the face. Until you get that message. And you do need to unlearn to relearn. Like when you are sick, you have to realize that there has been some type of failure in your environment. Partially yours, but it could be partially from the germline. And you've got to be able to ask those questions. And when you see other people in your family have this problem, do not assume this is God throwing dice, okay? Because it's not. The, the, the laws that determine decentralized health and medicine are quantum mechanical. What does that mean in English? The law of nature follows quantum mechanics. What does quantum mechanics say? There is no cause and effect. That's an offensive statement to most people who listen to this because everybody believes in cause and effect. I don't. 
everything is based on probabilities. So when quantum mechanics was explain being- Explain that a little bit. I'll explain it to you in a really deep way, but I want to explain to people the history of where this came down. Niels Bohr and Einstein got into a big fight a long time ago. It's a thing called the Solvay Conference. And Niels Bohr told Einstein that everything is based on probability. And Heisenberg's uncertainty principle was axiomatic about that. I mean, that's how nature works. Don't question her as absurd as she is. That's how she works. And Einstein famously said, I don't believe that God rolls the dice. And Bohr said back to him, stop telling God what to do. So the reason I tell you this story, why is there no cause and effect? This will be the most mind-blowing thing I tell you. To have a cause and effect in reality requires you have to use Newtonian physics, meaning that time has to be absolute. So for 500 years after Copernicus and Galileo, we all believed, everybody, that time was absolute until this little Jewish guy shows up from... Uh, a, the burn clinic where the trains are going by and he has a thought experiment and he says, you know what? I don't think time is absolute. In fact, I think time is relative. In fact, I think everything is relative. Then he goes on to coin his miracle year in 1905 where he comes up with general and special relativity. And what does those theories mean? Because most people who are simple who are going to listen to this podcast. They're going to be like, what does this have to do with my brain tumor? What does this have to do with my pancreas? Well, it has a lot to do with it. Why? Because time is relative. And what does that mean? As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. In relativity, there can be no cause and effect. So guess how we study everything in Cedar sinai you know this because you just asked me about the defeating cancer book. Everything in medicine, the axiomatic gold standard is the randomized control clinical trial, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you do? You put enough people in and then you're looking for the cause and the effect. And it has to be highly powered to get it. But what did I just tell you the, the laws of nature say? There is no cause and effect. So what are we really doing? We're using a methodology to perform the scientific method that has already been activated since 1905. So every centralized doctor who listens to this, because I'm really talking to them now, not your audience. The audience hopefully is going, you know, I've never heard this perspective before. Mm -hmm. Well, the reason you never heard it, because you're not going to decentralized doctors. You'd rather use your insurance to do it instead of paying mm -hmm. for somebody who's going to sit down with you for an hour and explain to you how that crazy looking guy actually will tell you not to walk into the sausage grinder at Cedar sinai Why? Because 
everything they believe is cause and effect. They study their methodology this way. So their mind is closed to one of the axiomatic laws of nature. And just so you're clear, general relativity has been proven time and time again. Okay? We know it's true. We One of the ways we know it's true is Newton can explain something called the perihelion of Mercury. Well, Einstein's paper, remember, he never did an ex experiment in his life. This was a thought experiment. It took a guy named Sir Alfred Eddington during World War I to go to Africa and take a picture of an eclipse to prove Einstein was right. Remember, England and Germany were on the opposite side of the war. So this is big deal. He was proven right. So now here we are, 2023, and you're talking to a decentralized doctor. And when you said, you started this podcast, 50%, and I said to you, Star Magazine is more accurate. So you didn't ask me the question, but the people in Cedar sinai the people, and I'm not picking on them just because they're just the local big center here. You can put everybody in this group. Um, they are a cartel. It's the industrial healthcare complex. And they take full advantage on you not being able to realize that your two frontal lobes break the laws of gravity, of the photoelectric effect of e equals MC squared. They are banking on you not doing that homework. Why? Because 50 to 70% of their drugs that they sell you work via the circadian mechanisms that broken. In fact, they are Wait, hoping they work via the circadian mechanism that's that broken. broken. In other words, so they need that to be broken, right? They need it to be broken because when they give you the drug, they need a cause and effect. So they know they can move the ball a little bit, but will they ever solve the problem? No. If you're running a business, would you want to solve the problem? No. You want to create a customer forever. Yeah. You know, it's called planned obsolescence. You know, if you, if you actually reverse the disease, would Cedar sinai be able to open up billion dollar cancer centers yeah. to take care of people with your tumor? Then the flip side of this story. Because, you know, I've pounded on centralized medicine good enough. Well, Let's actually, one last thing on the randomized trials. It, these trials are also done under blue light, you've said. Mm, I knew you were going to go there. You, which you is, picked that up in the Uberman podcast. I picked you? it up in a few places. But, you know, it's funny because I, I have instincts. And I don't know how to explain them like you because uh -huh. I don't have your brain. But just in the last six months, I was like, these trials make no sense to me because you can cater them to whatever you want, I believe. Well, see what you just said. Think about what you just said. Big Pharma has learned how to control the methodology. You are correct. But see, the problem is all these fancy doctors that are on the internet that have, you know, all these concierge practices, they're not telling you that. Like, they don't even know how to see the flaws in the ointment. Like, I mentioned that yeah. to Rick and to Uberman on the podcast, and you should have seen Uberman's face. Remember, he works at Stanford University. Great university. Yeah. They do a lot of good work. Listen, they got to pay back their medical tuitions. Correct. They have to keep food on their table. They've literally given their whole life, as you know, because you did mm -hmm. it, to this path to get off the path and not make the money you were making and all of that. So now you have to put some blinders on, as you've said. Mm -hmm. But what's fascinating to me is everyone takes a Hippocratic Oath. Yeah, but and that's everyone not, that's listening to this is believing that that doctor they're seeing 
has taken that oath and they are going to do what's best in your best interest. But it's like a fiduciary. People don't even know about fiduciaries. How about I mean this? <laughs> let's let's make it something your audience will know better. Our, most people in the United States have gotten married. 55% of them get divorced. How would that promise work? Look, bottom line, we're human. Some of us took the oath and it really meant something to us. Most centralized docs don't. And even the ones that will listen to this and say, no, I really do. Then tell me about your, your actions. See what it goes with what I said to you before. The data doesn't lie. We spend huge amounts of money and we get no return on equity. Yeah. So the question that you need to ask that doctor that's going to fight with you that, that they don't have the Hippocratic oath or they don't follow it. Don't bother doing that. Don't bother arguing with your doctor. If your doctor argues you about this and doesn't understand how the methodology is flawed that we use nocturnal mammals in labs with EMF and blue light, and then they want to translate the data to you. I mean, that defines insanity. That's the reason I said that I don't believe anything in um, a journal article unless the methodology is tight. Well, that's why you ended up operating on yourself. You didn't go do it on a mouse. No. And <laughs> but the reason the reason I did it there is I was looking to see it, what I could do to help some of my patients. Like in neurosurgery, there's a time and place for surgery. What I found through this whole process is the time and place for surgery uh, was a lot less than I was led to believe through my residency. In other words, some of the, the conditions that most neurosurgeons today will operate on, I no longer will until I do certain things before. The only time I operate, if the patient follows the decentralized path two to three months before, and I say, okay, everything's failed. It means the tissues are shot. You know, the heteroplasmic. And they rate. can't re regenerate. Well, they, it, for them to regenerate, they would probably have to pick up and do what your mother did. Go to an, an, an environment that has a higher quantum yield because how do cells regenerate? We use sunlight, we use water, and we use magnetism to do it. The guy that's proven this beyond a shadow of a doubt is Robert O. Becker. All you have to do is buy his books, read his papers. The papers are not hard to read because he talks about them in his books. And he basically showed how all mammals regenerate. This is not just us, it's all mammals. Why is that important for the, the doctors who are disbelieving or the, the audience that's watching this? You're a mammal, don't forget that. And the animals that they're studying that are in these papers that Johns Hopkins and Harvard and Cedar sinai make, these animals have the same system in them, but they work to different degrees. If you understand what Becker fundamentally found in his basic research, you can improve those those situations. You can actually do a lot better. In fact, much better than what you would do if you were spending thousands of dollars at Cedar Sinai or Johns Hopkins, you know, or place like a huge cancer center. The cancer center, cancer has become the growth driver in centralized medicine. Um, I just got finished having a long discussion for three hours today about the real modus operandi of where that came from. And I'm going to tell you that there's no way that you're ever going to get a solution for cancer from a centralized institution. Why? Because as Charlie Munger said, and for those of you who don't know who Charlie Munger is, that's Warren Buffett's partner, um, incentives dictate outcomes. So guess what? People will continue to get cancer because it is the single biggest profit driver 
or healthcare. There is no incentive for centralized doctors to fix it. In fact, centralized oncologists are incentivized not to fix it. Now, when you have your problem or your mom has her problem, that's how you need to walk through the door before you ever get there. But you know, because you have experience in this, that when you get a diagnosis like this, the first thing that happens, you get scared. Yep. What I want people to know is don't get scared. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? The way regeneration works, I said this actually, Dan was with me earlier. I said this to a guy two days ago who's making a movie about my life. His wife just got diagnosed with breast cancer. And I told him, I said, I'm, I wouldn't be afraid of that because what is cancer effectively? It's a de-differentiation of the cell to a more embryonic form. And he looked at me when I said that. And I said, what I just told you is not groundbreaking news that Jack, Jack Cruz discovered. That's actually what Robert O. Becker found in his work. That's actually what happens. Now, the, here's the interesting part. A de-differentiated cell doesn't cause a problem if the immune system, the T and B cells, actually operate. Why? Because it controls that cell from being able to do the things that you know that cancers can do, specifically metastasize or grow uncontrollably. But if the immune system is not operational at the time that you get de-differentiation, then guess what happens? Then you get your mom's problem or you get your problem in the pancreas. So the thing that you said earlier about, look, I need to get my mom to Mexico to stimulate her immune system, that absolutely is true. But there was a half truth to that because I guarantee you there's some stuff the doctors did in Mexico that was completely superfluous. But guess what? That still happened. Um, you may give them plus five for that. I can tell you right now, me, I'm not. Just from hearing the story. But the reason I'm explaining this to your audience, I want you to know that you have to, to be decentralized, to be a good decentralized patient, you have to subtract the superfluous. That means you cannot be afraid. Yeah. You have to know that when you get a diagnosis of cancer, you have been injured, just like if you cut your finger, Maria, in your kitchen. That's how you need to think about it. And what your body is saying to you, there is something in your environment that is causing my cells to de-differentiate. What and could that be? Well, the number one thing is what I talked about the last time I was in Malibu. It's the loss of melon. It's hypoxia. That's how mammals... Lack of vitamin D. Yeah. Uh, well... Lack of light. When you have, when you have mm -hmm. a lack of melanin, you have no sunlight. Like, people don't realize the gene in humans called POMC, it stands for pro-opio-melanocortin, it breaks up into six parts, but one of the parts is called alpha-MSH. This is the shocker. Do you know that that whole gene, you know what turns it on and turns it off? Cold and light, right? UV light. UV light. But, but guess also, what? The dermatologist and the ophthalmologist. It translates cold into light. Well, it, <clears throat> cold actually creates more light inside of you that turns more POMC on. In other words, it stimulates more melanin. 250 times, right? Well, a lot. Uh, <clears throat> no one really knows. It's actually different. The quantum yield is different in each tissue. But like I'm thinking about the things that you told me about you. Clearly, your gut. So your gut, it's the body of Interlandi. So your problem is in the thoracic spine. The 
stuff that's going on in your head, a meningioma, that tells me it's your fifth nerve. So I would be looking right at your brain stuff and you're probably sitting here going, why that? Well, a meningioma isn't a brain tumor, just so you know that. It's a tumor of the covering of the brain that pushes the on the brain, right? It's the meninges. And the meninges is innervated predominantly by the fifth nerve. It's innervated by other things, but it tells me as a neurosurgeon that I need to look at the melanin levels at that level, at that part of your brain stuff. In the thoracic spine. Thoracic spine for your gut, the gut issue. Why? Because that's the diabetes and the neuroendocrine tumor. So on my blog, after I did um, Rick's podcast, I wrote corollaries because I think that podcast that I did when I came out to California last time, I think it's been, I think it's good for some people, but I think people thought it was going to be like you and I are doing right now. Like I'm going to teach you decentralized science and quantum mechanics. That's not how it was. What it was is one of my friends and one of my clients, Rick Rubin, wanted to teach Uberman, the academic centralized guy, what he's missing. Yep. So this was just a conversation between three silly talking monkeys where we weren't really going into this yeah. to teach the audience. It was about you teaching him. But also but telling people what you're missing and why you're missing. It was the story of how life not only began, but also how it traversed and how little mammals turned into silly talking monkeys and why the system was there. Like the fact that Rick knew that he used octopus in his lab and everybody would want to go in and see the octopus because it emits light. And I told Uberman that that's human brain 1.0, but it was made 500 million years ago right after the Cambrian explosion. I said, but when I open somebody's head up, like if I open your mom's head up to do the GBM, I'm not going to see the light show that's in the octopus. Why? Because for 500 million years, we've developed the opsin system that contains the light so that melanin can operate. Because you know, at least you better know, that the octopus spits its melanin out in ink. That's why the ink is dark. See, their system is what I would call rudimentary. It's not built to be complex for the systems that we're in. And you have to see how biology changes over time. That change over time thing tells you, okay, Darwin was partially right, but he didn't have it all right, okay? Why? Because the Cambrian explosion showed up overnight. Totally breaks Darwin's paradigm of changes. So clearly something had to happen in the environment to lead to all those changes. And the reason why these things are important that I'm telling you right now, your doctor doesn't learn what I just told you. Most doctors don't even know how the neuroectoderm cells where POMSI is migrate through embryology. You know why? That's been taken out of the medical textbooks since about the 1960s. I'll leave you to guess why. You want to know why? Yeah. It's the same reason why they don't lock up sunscreen when guys come in to steal opiates. Because guess what? Stealing the sunscreen and selling it on the street means that those people will come back and buy their drugs. See, when you block... Yeah, you block that, you get no dopamine. Well, not only no dopamine, you get no melanin. You get no melanin, you, you think your body and brain are going to work? No, you're going to run to the doctor down the street and say, hey, can I have a prescription for every ill? Because guess what? The propaganda of big pharma, we're going back to that story again, you and your family are conditioned to get a prescription for every ill. Mm -hmm. Like when you're a new mom and your baby gets sick, you you run to the pediatrician to She's get- sick, I haven't run. Well, but I'm saying most yeah. people who are listening to this- Yeah, are we're gonna, scared. We're gonna run to the, the to get the prescription for the amoxicillin. 
the things that truly control us. We are evolved to the electromagnetic environment that nature provides. That electromagnetic environment is called the sun. And there's two things you need to know. 250 to about 1,000 nanometer light. And that other one, which is 7.83 hertz. That's the Schumann resonance. The Schumann resonance is uh, the heartbeat of your brain. It's made in the thalamus of your brain. Every mammal on this planet has the exact same resonance pattern in its brain that the earth has. And it freaks people out when they realize, and this works just like a tuning fork, you are designed to be in tune that much with the planet. And that tuning fork allows your brain to know, even though you may not know, where the sun is in relation to the moon. I should say the sun is in relation to the earth and the earth to the moon. That's actually how it works. Now, it's, it's, it actually works on the, the same mechanism that an FM radio station works on. The physics are exactly the same. But until you see it laid out, you don't get it. Now, remember, do we live in an environment where the 7.83 hertz uh, resonance pattern is interfered with? Yeah, we do. You especially live in it. Uh, Connecticut mm -hmm. and here. So I would tell you, number one, that's the first. Is that 5G that you're mentioning? No, I mean, this This or could be, This could be. how about this? Just the lights inside your house. Just how about the lights in here? Yeah. Yeah. That's enough. How about this thing? Yeah. Uh, anything that's plugged into the power grid oscillates at 60 hertz. Well, you remember, those are harmonics. Those change it. So I like to, dis to describe this for patients to make it simple. Just think about when you go to the ENT doctor and they hit the tuning fork to see when you stop hearing. The tuning fork vibrates. If you have another tuning fork and hit it and it's of the same resonance, it'll start moving in your hand without you ever hitting it. That's exactly how the Schumann resonance works. So I want you to think about the distance between this tuning fork and this one. If you put an iPhone in between there, or say you put those stupid little eye... AirPods. Yeah, in your ear. Or let's do this. How about this stupid little thing you got in my ear? Mm -hmm. Do you think I'm excited about that? No, I'm not. Yeah. But you have to realize that all these little things, think about all the little things that are going on right now by you just... These us. are the choices you were talking about Correct. earlier that exactly. leads to our illness. And I wanted to make sure we got to that so people understood what you meant by that. It's the blue light toxicity. It's all of this. Right. It's actually staying up too late at night. For me, it's my job. Um, I'm... To, I'll be very honest, uh, what I did the last couple of days, I'd probably never do again. I flew from from New Orleans to London, London Ooh. on a boat to France and had to leave the boat in France to come back to here to LA. Flew all the way from Charles de Gaulle here. Tomorrow I'm flying all the way from here back to Portugal. This This is psychotic. Tell everybody what the plane does. Well, to your body, the plane does something different um, for everybody, uh, and it does something different today in the modern world. But because I know when I landed once, I took all my blood work. Mm -hmm. It literally looked like I was dying, mm -hmm. and it took days for it to come back online. If right. I had gone to UCLA that day, they would have. Well, I mean, it's a huge stressor. Let's yeah. put it that way: it's a humongous stressor. But what you effectively doing? You're a piece of steak in a microwave oven. And remember, these signals are bouncing all around. And if you don't believe me that it can affect things in the air, this is the reason why they tell you to turn your phone off on takeoff and landing. 
because it can affect the avionics. Well, it can affect the avionics there. You don't think it's going to affect your thalamus where the alpha wave is made? Mm -hmm. You don't think it's going to affect the oscillation rate of your intermitochondrial membrane so that you can't burn fat? The answer is it does. The problem is you don't realize it, okay? But see, I don't have to worry about the hippos and lions, right? Because they don't fly. We do. And that's where you talk a lot about how the advancements in technology where we can create our environment is what's really hurt us because now we went from being outside to being inside and we're temperature controlling everything and mm -hmm. we have all this artificial light and that's just life now and we think that's normal and then we don't realize that's why we're so sick. We've normalized dystopia. And see, that is the key point that you need to realize. This is how you not, you do not become afraid when you get a bad diagnosis. Realize that you played a role in this, but most people don't want to think about that and they need to. Because, well, because we don't even know where what that role is. Correct. You're the first one that's really shining a light on what we are potentially, what, not potentially, what we are doing that is hurting us so badly. Well, we've crafted it an environment that's completely alien to our biology. And the thing is, you have to realize that the data is out there that proves that I'm right. The problem is the healthcare system is not deciphering the message. So you need to decipher it faster than they do before you become sausage in the meat grinder. And the key is it's not as hard as you think it is. There's a lot of things that you can do that are not going to cost you a lot of money. Like I just had somebody tell me today, the reason they respected me is because I'm one of the few guys that are on the internet that don't sell you a pill, a supplement, a diet, or anything else. What I what am I selling you? How to think. And when you realize that thinking is truly the main prescription of the black swan mitochondria, then you begin to realize, you know what? I can still have a decent relationship with technology if I just understand how the things that I do, say in my family life, in my car, for my job, okay, this is what I need to do to mitigate it. Some people are gonna have to do way more mitigation than others because they're tech whores. The digital babysitter with the iPad is terrible. I always Can like to- Can you explain why? Yeah, I mean, I like to use Steve Jobs as an example. We're in California, right now he's dead. So I think it's safe to for people to hear this story. When the iPad came out, iPad 2, he put an infrared detector in the iPad, never marketed it. And the reason he did that is because he knew the people that would be using this more than anybody else were going to be kids. And he knew that the RF and microwaves that get emitted from the, the iPad would be a problem for children. Now, just remember, and you'll appreciate this, Steve Jobs in our lexicon coined laptop. That means the mm -hmm. laptop go right here. On every time he did a Macintosh talk, you remember his Levi's always had the worn out spot for his iPhone. He put it there. So you have your laptop and the iPhone hmm. there. What's in between? It's called the retroperitoneal space. Do you know As I move organ? my phone. <laughs> but do you know what organs sits there? Your pancreas. What did he die from? He died from pancreatic cancer that metastasized to his liver. So I don't want you to Isn't think. Isn't your pancreas up here higher? No, it's actually in the retroperitoneal space. It's closer to your back than your front. It's actually, it's actually pretty far back. Wow. So that's the anatomy. So you need to realize that certain cells in the pancreas, specifically the beta cells, which is mm -hmm. your, your disease, but also lymphocytes. Remember, lymphocytes are immune cells. You talked about those with your mom, and now I'm talking to you about that. 
Most people don't know this. Do you know that the lymphocyte is the most sensitive cell to electromagnetic radiation? Oh, wow. So guess what lymphocytes come in? They come in different flavors, T cells and B cells. T cells are the regulators. B cells make the antibodies. So if you have the laptop here and the laptop there, you can see that there's a problem with signaling. What did I tell you about cancer? It's a de-differentiation to an embryonal state, but the immune system keeps it that way. Well, if you don't have control of those T and B cells, do you have control? The answer is no. So Steve Jobs knew implicitly putting the infrared detector was a good idea because it would turn off the device for children. He never marketed it. Now, don't you think something that's this slick would have been the smartest thing to have splashed on every Super Bowl ad? But do you know why it wasn't Maria Menounos? Why? Because if he told you the truth, would you use the device? Mm. Then after he's getting ready to die, um, any everybody who read his autobiography to show you that I'm not bullshitting you in his autobiography he said my kids are not allowed to use my devices so it's good enough for Maria Menudos it's good enough for Dan Uber over there but it's not a good enough for Steve Jobs kids now just remember something people think Steve Jobs was an epic genius I think he's the biggest failure on the planet why Nothing is worse than having $9 billion and dying at 56 years old. That is an epic fail. That's effectively what's happening in centralized medicine. The patients are dying at record rates while we spend huge amounts of money. Mm -hmm. he, he represents everything wrong with medicine. Everything centralized is a problem. All right, friends, that's it for today. I know it's a lot of information and it's very intense and very deep and things that we don't really think about. So stay with us, hang in. Tomorrow we're gonna to be talking about low vitamin D and all the things you need to know about low vitamin D, why that's important more than you even ever knew and things that are tied to low vitamin D as well. So Nat, there was more. What else did we cover in this next episode? We also spoke about how the um, waves or the electromagnetic field of the city that you live in can really affect you. Different zip codes, different outcomes. Different zip codes, different outcomes. And he also spoke about how it affects everybody differently because you have different mitochondrial health. This is why it's an art as well as a science. And this is why health has to be so individual. All right, friends, be nice people, make good choices and be present. And we'll see you tomorrow. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or mariamenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions. 
Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.